It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. It is the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA, Wednesday afternoon. 547-1610 is the phone number. Also via email, 610kona.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. And we are on Twitter as well, bottom line 610. And at 610K Radio, Rob and Ed hanging with you. Got a couple of emails that we did not get to yesterday uh, that we probably should get to. But uh, once I find them, one of the things, though, that uh, definitely deserves conversation. Definitely deserves conversation. And that is, what the heck is happening in Walla Walla? Look, as we have talked on this program, and there are people that have reached out to us positively and negatively about uh, what they believe they're hearing on the program, and that's fine. You can believe what you want to believe and, and choose to behave and, and live however you choose to. It's, it is your absolute right to do whatever you want in this regard and what information you get, whatever information that you choose to believe is certainly well within your right and purview to do so. But as we have talked about this and we have discussed um, some of the responses and we have discussed some of the ways that we could meet public safety and economic reopening. The one thing I think we've we've never the road we've never gone down is 100% complete and total lack of accountability or responsibility. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, we have not advocated for that in, in in any way shape or form. And while we have discussed the importance and value of herd immunity uh and that it is something that certainly uh does go a long way in helping to protect the population, at no point have have we ever advocated for people that know that they have COVID-19 to hold a spreading party. No, we haven't advocated that. No. But it's out there. It's and, out there. And, and you know what? It's in the town so nice they named it twice. Not just there, my friend. It, they, those are going on all over the place. Here's how this came about and and how and why Walla Walla is getting singled out. Because it's not just happening there. It's happening in other places, uh, across the country, even. Yes. But see, how this came about was Walla Walla County Health is now doing contact tracing. Yes. So they are interviewing recently uh, positive tested people as to you know who they were in contact with, where did they go, trying to get a beat on where they might have picked it up from, right? That's part of the contract contact tracing. Well, some of the people they interviewed said, well, I went to a COVID party and the Walla Walla County Health people didn't know what that was. So the people, a couple, two, three, four, the people that admitted to it told them all about it. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Chris from Richland. Hi, Chris. Chris. 
so glad you brought this little topic up. I was just talking to my 86-year-old mother last night, and she was telling me that if we had known the things they did to us when we were kids, and we're talking about chicken pox here. Yeah. They had chicken pox parties. Yes, they did. And, you know, when she, when she told me that, it brought back some memories because I have some older siblings and stuff like that. So, and she made a comment. She's like, you know, nowadays if we did something like that, I'd end up in prison, even though I'm 86 years old. Um, and then another thing I heard today that uh, I guess there's going to be a big bailout for actors because they're out of work. Um, why can't they just act like they got a job? That's all they do is act anyway. I'll have to look that one up, yeah. Chris. I haven't heard actors are getting bailed out. I know museums want to get bailed out. A bunch of other people want to get bailed out. You know the fastest way to get bailed out? Reopen. That's the fastest way to get bailed out. Appreciate the call. And, yes, that's exactly where I was going next with this is um, you, you've heard a, you heard in the past chicken pox parties. And even if they weren't, even if they weren't uh, really organized parties, it was putting kids together. Yeah, That's right. To, to get, Moms and so dads get it, get talked with each other. Moms and dad. Oh, little Johnny has chicken pox. Oh, really? Susie hasn't had chicken pox. Why don't you guys come on over and we'll play for a little bit. And usually nine times out of ten. No big deal. But, but that's how mind. we got herd immunity towards well, it. Well, it is. But at the same time, chicken pox is one of those diseases that they knew once you, if you get it in full, you won't get it again. And the younger you get it, the better off you are. Well, too young is not good either. But, no, but, but, but if you get it when you're younger, yes, you get it school age. above the well, even a little bit younger than school age. You can you know if you get it at the age of four, whatever you're you know you're yeah, you're, yeah. you're okay. But you know, like for example, me, I had it twice. Did you really? I had it twice. I was huh. the, I was seven eight years old, but I didn't really have it that bad. Okay, because I didn't have. The full onset, ah. I was not immune. I wound up getting it in my early 20s. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I wound up getting it again in my early 20s. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I've got, to, what? Yeah. I already had it. Well, apparently you didn't have the full onset. You might have just had a little bit or symptoms or whatever, but you didn't get the full on enough to be immune from it. So I, I was one of those fortunate people that had it twice. Well, you're lucky, I guess. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm that like two percent, three percent that gets that gets chicken pox twice. But yes, you are one of the three percenters, aren't you? Here's the difference with this. Yes, I am. <laughs> here's here's the difference with this, though. While herd immunity does tend, in many cases, by exposing a population to something to help build a communal immunity. It's usually done when you know that getting the disease is going to prevent you from getting it again or being exposed to it is going to minimize your ability of getting it. We don't know that with coronavirus. We do know there was no such thing as smallpox parties. True. Okay, nobody had a smallpox party. You don't usually Nobody hear, had polio parties. Well, you don't even usually hear about flu parties. No, there aren't flu parties either. Well, it's because there's 500 different strains of the flu. I understand that, but, you know, it, plus there's also uh, a vaccine yes. for, for the flu. And however, you know, yeah, we can debate about how effective it is. But, yeah, I look, 
I get the idea of of at least talking about the herd immunity strategy to this, where you you do you do these COVID parties in very healthy people with no underlying health issues. That, that's a risk that you're going to take, and we are not advocating that on this program. I get it. I, I get the thought process, but here's the difference, though. There's so much of this virus we still don't know about. Chickenpox had been around for a long time, and people knew how to handle it. And it was, again, 90% of the time, it, it all it did was drive you crazy that your skin itched and, and the, the little, the, the chickenpox um, were, were itching your skin. That's what I remember. I just wanted to scratch my whole body, um, you know, trying to get through that. If that's, that's usually the worst that comes of chickenpox. We don't know what all is a part of coronavirus, of this COVID-19. So, yeah, it, it, is a, a, it is a bit uh, extreme to to want to do that. Um, but it's out there. People are doing it. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll end up being the smart ones and we'll be the dumb ones. I don't know. 547-1610-509-547-1610. We're going to take a time out. Give us a call. You can email us too. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. We read those emails. More discussion after this. Join the show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Welcome back to the show. Robin Ed hanging with you, 547 If you want to get involved, go to the phones. You're up on the program. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, is that me? It's you. What's up? Okay. Uh, yeah, my name is Don from Richland. What's up, Don? Uh, well, you you know, talking about chicken pox and things like that, you know, chicken pox is, was a relatively, you know, easy disease until you get older because the same chicken pox virus that uh, causes chicken pox also causes shingles. Yep. Which uh, isn't, I had a grandmother who had it, and that's not fun at all. No, but, shingles can get you anywhere. Yeah, any time, too, from what I understand. But the other thing, the plus part was, if you had chicken pox or its relative cow pox, they discovered a long time ago that you usually didn't get smallpox. The, uh, there were... The three were enough related that, you know, the deadlier smallpox, you were immune from it because you had chickenpox. Hmm. So, Interesting. So, you know, it was sort of a trade-off in that. I mean, you, you know, chickenpox wasn't as bad, but cow, or smallpox would kill you. Yep. So, you know, if you had, you had one, you were somewhat safe from the other. Of course, they don't know about on the, the woo flu, whether that, anything like that's the case, but, you know. That's basically my thoughts on it. Hey, we appreciate the call and the information, Don. Thanks for chiming in. 547-1610 is the number if you want to get involved. So, well, actually, we got a kind of a cool announcement to make. Oh, we do? We do. A week from tomorrow, um, Ed and I will be getting our antibody tests live on the show. Yeah, we are. 
the owners of Encore for Wellness, who have clinics in Kennewick, Richland, and uh, in Oregon at this time, Hermiston, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, will be coming into the studio to give us antibody tests and talking to us about the antibody testing, about the validity of it, about the information that is gathered from it, and why it is an important research tool when it comes to COVID-19. So I am extremely excited to get an antibody test. And once we get the results back, we will share them with you as to whether or not either of us have been exposed to the COVID-19 virus. Doesn't that violate like HIPAA laws or something like that? No, it, 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 we can, we're allowed to if we want to. We don't have to, but I'm going to. You don't have to. Oh, okay. I'll share mine. Okay. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Richland. What's up? No clue why you guys would even let them do that to you. I mean, choose your own. I just don't see why it's so important for COVID. They don't do it for anything else. They didn't do it for SARS. They didn't do it for the bird flu. They don't do it for the regular flu. It's, I'm just, uh, maybe I'm missing something that you guys are seeing that I'm not. Well, I'll be more than happy to explain our reasoning for it. Um, because the more and more that we've personally and on the program talked to and heard from people that believe that they contracted something before we knew about COVID-19 coming to the States. In other words, it was supposedly officially here in January uh, that we had our first case. There were people that were being diagnosed with a viral illness that they weren't being told what it was because nobody knew what it was. I was one of those people. Ed was one of those people. And it knocked us out. Mine knocked me out for a week. It affected my breathing to a degree I'd never had before in my life. Um, It was nothing. I literally went through all the tests. They said, we can't tell you what it is other than it is something viral. So for me, the reason why I want the test is to see if I have been exposed to it. And maybe, just maybe, in late December, early January, when I was knocked on my butt, maybe I had it. Or maybe, you know, I was exposed to it, maybe didn't develop the full whole thing, but developed some of the symptoms of it, and that's why I was knocked out the way I was. So to me, that's why I want the test, to see if I have been exposed to it, or if I did have it. Because the test now won't tell me anything. I perfectly fine so a COVID-19 test won't tell me anything an antibody test will yeah and I appreciate the call and and I'm uh I'm in the same boat I did not have any of the labored breathing uh because I and I went in uh to see a healthcare provider in what was it mid mid to late January um I don't remember the date but I had Again, a virus that was clear. Um, I did not have a fever, um, but I felt like, you know what, did not have the labored breathing. And at that point, I think, you know, we knew about the coronavirus in China. And I don't remember, again, the date that I went in, whether or not we had our first case here in the state and the U.S., January Mm -hmm. 21st, if it was before or after that. But at least the coronavirus was in the news when I got sick. and But I didn't have any of the labored breathing at all. I didn't have any of that. It it was like I had a really bad flu. I I had the flu shot, 
but we know that that's not 100% effective. So I go in and I'm tested for the flu, negative. I was also tested for strep, strep throat, negative. Now, again, at that time, there wouldn't have been any coronavirus testing. I don't know right. that we've, again, if we even have had the the case in, in Washington. Um, so they just kind of sent me on my way, and I, too, was knocked on my hindquarter for about a week, four or five days. And I, I just... I felt like garbage and I couldn't shake it. And that's not normal for me. I get sick, but very, very rarely do I get that sick. And so, yeah, a antibodies test would be very interesting to me. Now, if if we get the test taken and mine says, no, I don't have the antibodies. Well, then, OK, I, I got this mystery virus. A couple of months back, and it really was a doozy, and I guess I can just go on with my life knowing that. But if I do have the antibodies, guess what? Now I'm a pretty popular guy. They want my blood. They want to study my blood. They want to study the people that uh, potentially have had it and have made it through and have built up antibodies. Just saying. Five four seven one six ten. So that's why Rob and I are, <clears throat> yeah, you know, interested. Again, not advocating. No, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't gonna, do it, don't do it. We're going to do it, and you know, again, it's you know, we're also going to be talking with a healthcare provider that can talk more about the antibodies tests and and uh, and whatnot. But you know, it, it's it's not going to. It's. I don't even think that it can say for certain that we've had it, just that we have antibodies. Right. And, and usually, if we don't, we don't. Usually by connecting the dots, if you have antibodies to certainly a virus that's new, chances are that you, you've had it. That's, you know, a pretty fair assumption. It's just one more tool, one more tool in the toolbox to use, one more piece of information that is available to be able to find out if you have or have not been exposed to this. Because the other part of the antibody testing data, and this is the one thing that many don't want you to know, is that if you've been exposed to it, if you test positive in an antibody test, you have been exposed to it. Okay, It doesn't mean that you won't get it. It doesn't mean that you are immune. It just means you've been exposed to it. So the markers are there, yeah. which goes to lower the mortality rate, which goes to show that it is not the bubonic plague of the 21st century, um, that you can get it and be asymptomatic, that you can get it and you can survive it. And so that ruins a lot of narratives. And that's why <laughs> that's why you've had that's why you've had some completely totally try to debunk antibody testing because it messes up the story they're trying to tell <laughs> and that's why rob and i are here to mess up narratives damn straight <laughs> you kiss your narrative goodbye <laughs> i you know in, in all in all seriousness you know i i'm married and have two young kids i actually care a lot about my health now you wouldn't you wouldn't think so by looking at me but i actually do care about my health Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. More of the bottom line after this. 
Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610 is the number. We're going to put that on hold right now. Robin Ed with you this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Pleased to have on the program the executive director of the Three Rivers Campus. That includes the uh, Three Rivers Convention Center, the Toyota Center, and the Toyota Arena. Corey Pearson, good afternoon to you, Corey. How are you? I'm great, Rob. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir. Doing well, sir. Good to talk to you, uh, even under the circumstances. Right. Um, right. We know everybody's doing what they can to keep busy. We know that uh, there are a lot of people that have stepped up and tried to do what they can to help the community. And, uh, you know, even though we are we don't know exactly when we're coming out of this, the Three Rivers Campus uh, made an announcement today that you are teaming up uh, to help out Second Harvest. Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, we wrapped up our first giveaway today and I got to tell you, it was, uh, it was good for the soul. <laughs> it was pretty neat, uh, just to have everybody here and be able to feel like we're doing an event again. And we went through just over 500 cars. So we went over what we wanted, what we were going to do, uh, in about an hour and a half. So it was pretty amazing. Um, we had some incredible volunteers from Toyota Tri-Cities and Redder and Company uh, Sotheby Realty. It was it was an unbelievable morning. So it was uh, it was pretty pretty good for the heart. And how long is it going on for? How many more donations do you expect to make, Corey, or how long is the program going on for? Well, we've been talking, and through the month of May, we are going to do one every Wednesday. Um, but we are we're doing one Friday also. We've had our... Uh, our partners, well, you know, one of the biggest events that we do here is the uh, the uh, the Washington State Potato Commission does their their annual conference here, which is the largest single largest event that we do. They're going to do a giveaway on Friday. We're going to have, uh, I think, it's sixty thousand pounds of potatoes to give away, and uh, Second Harvest is going to supplement with some other uh, some other stuff as well. So we're gonna we're gonna try to run a thousand through here on Friday is our goal. We're gonna have enough to be able to handle a thousand, which I think if we had been geared up for that today, we could have handled it today. Wow! With, uh, that, with the need, it was pretty amazing. That's awesome. That is awesome to hear. So, uh, one of the reasons, unfortunately, why you have this much free time is yeah. because what you do on a regular basis is not happening right now. Correct. And and managing three buildings, the convention center, the the Toyota Center, the Toyota Arena. Normally, there's something going on in one of those buildings all the time. Um, Absolutely. So if you if you have the ability to tell us, Corey, what has the impact been since the shutdown has gone in place on the Three Rivers campus? Well, obviously, it's been uh, it's been pretty pretty rough. Um, you know, it's just there was so much unknown for so long, and you know, a lot of that hasn't gone away. It's um, everything for that. When you look at the Toyota Center. Almost everything for that facility, we were able to rebook for the fall. Uh, we kind of shoved everything back. You know, we had a few things even for the summer, but now we just don't know how long it's going to go. And, um, you know, one of the things when we are dealing with the Toyota Center is we're also reliant on all of our neighboring states on what they're doing. Because if it's a, whether it's a comedy tour or a concert, 
are you know are they going to be able to play in some of the surrounding states too? And so we're just seeing a lot of the tours now that are starting to go away. And you know the talk is 2021. Are they you know are they going to go back out or what are they looking at? So we still got a lot of stuff on the books for the fall, but you know it's it's one of those you get the call say hey I've got I've got this show coming through. What do you think it'll do? And if two months ago, I could tell you right now, I have no idea, <laughs> you know, are people going to be in the mood to come out or what are we going to have to do to get that? You know, one of the one of our industry words right now that everybody's using is trying to find a way to give people a psychological comfort that will make them want to come back out and be amongst groups of people again. Now, Corey, right now we're talking about the middle building on the campus, the Toyota Center. Yeah. To the left and, and behind is the Toyota Arena, where you have a lot of recreational skating, where there's different yep. things yep. that are held in there. What says that couldn't open first? Where that probably will open first. Yeah, where you yeah. could you could have minimal, you could have small amounts of people in there skating yep. and observing social distancing while they skate, just yep. to be able to get out and do something, and of course, be able to bring a little bit of revenue back into the campus. Right, right. Now that that building is is exactly that. We're we're thinking we're going to be able to open that one first. We've got a great you know adult hockey program that we should be able to accommodate. Let them go out and play we're hoping at you know at some point to kind of get it up and get it going and just have everybody be safe um but yeah the the convention center you know we have stuff on the books for late june and we just you know we keep working it and sliding it back but uh we had yeah because we had in a month and a half here about six hundred thousand dollars worth of business just dry up and and go away and, uh, you know, we're just we're trying to figure out what to do with it. So let me ask you this, too, Corey, because I know that there are um, we're talking with Corey Pearson, the executive director of the Three Rivers Campus here on the bottom line. A lot of the things that have had to have been canceled are annual events. They're things Correct. that, they, they, you know, that they, they happen at this point in time and they're not going to happen yep. again until the next year. Have you been able to schedule some of those for 2021 to get them back on the books or are some of them taking a wait and see attitude as well as to, well, we're not going to, not really sure where we are. So, you know, yes, looking at forward business and trying to rebook it is, is great, but is there any kind of hesitation coming back from those that have been forced to cancel about rebooking? Not really. I mean, there's a few that have a little hesitation for towards 2021, but the good news is a lot of these events, even though they're annual and they may have a certain window that they like to hit, they've even been considering, can we find a different date in 2020? Well, that's cool. Um, you know, because part of it is, too, for a lot of these, these associations, this is their fundraiser as well. You know, not only are they getting all their members together, but it's also generating revenue for them. So they want to try to find a way. So the good news and the bad news is we've, We've felt the compression in this year that if if things can get back up to normal or whatever new normal is, we do have a fall that should be pretty substantial for the convention center and, you know, just going. But it's, you know, it's been just so weird to walk through these buildings and nothing but staff, you know, we're cleaning, we're painting, we're trying to get some stuff done that we'd normally do in the summer because, you know, summer sh- we're hoping will book up if if we're able to open back up and people want to you know start to to gather again. Corey Pearson, executive director of the Three Rivers Campus, joining us here on the bottom line. 
Corey, uh, one of the first dominoes to fall was uh, Tri-City Americans. Uh, yep. They were uh, in season on the back end of their uh, second half of their season. And obviously uh, one of, if not the biggest uh, tenants uh, on the campus uh, year after year. Has there been much discussion with Bob Torrey or anybody else with the organization about restarting the season, or not restarting last season, but starting back up for the following season in the fall on time? We are right now, we're working through the schedule. So Bob and I have been working diligently to get next season's schedule put together. Um, as of right now, everything is, is you know, as usual. As we go into the fall, obviously there may be some things to uh, to contend with because, you know, one of the caveats with the Americans right now is, you know, most teams are in Canada. So what does Canada do? And so we've got, you know, we've got uh, the U of Washington and Oregon involved here, and then you've got, you know, all of Western Canada to deal with. So as of right now, it's business as usual, but, you know, we're looking at things. Could we do things differently? Could we start late? go along and you know obviously we're just we're going to have to be flexible moving forward and the good news is the americans as they always have they're fantastic partners and uh they're dedicated to the community so whatever they got to do to make things work they're willing to do it and we're you know same way we're at the toyota center's their home and we're gonna we're gonna find a way to make sure we can accommodate them now you mentioned that uh, a number of the um number of the uh, events you know, yep. thought that, that maybe they could try to squeeze it in still this year later in the summer or fall and, and pencil them in. Um, just knowing the configuration of like the convention center itself, uh, are, are these organizations willing to, if they need to, maybe go with a reduced crowd if it does have to stretch in further? They can still have their event, but maybe only so many people can attend. Right. Well, and part of that will be could be strategic, and the other part is just going to be organic by way of we expect for the first you know quarter or so as we open back up, numbers are going to be on the lower side just because of human you know just human habit. I think there's going to be a lot of kind of wait and see. So we we think we're going to be able to accommodate you know some of the. Uh, some of the social distancing measures pretty easy uh, just because we will have the extra space within the convention center. If it's a, you know, a convention, we'll have it. Um, we're redoing all of our maps and capacities right now just to show here's what our building capacity looks like if we do a table that normally seats eight, here's four, here's five, here's aisles that are typically, you know, six feet with chairs in them, and we're going to knock them down to uh, – you know, we're going we're gonna to make the aisles wider. We're going to go to nine feet, you know, just to make sure that we keep things open. So all of that we're working on right now just to show everybody what it would look like and how does that impact your event and does it still keep it viable. And we're talking with Corey Pearson, Executive Director of the Three Rivers Campus here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. So, Corey, you talked about the events that you've got coming up in the fall and, sure. you know, things that have that have had to go by the wayside this year. We also know that that is the revenue for the building. I mean, because because yeah. of everything sitting on the outside right now, a lot of business is not open. Tax revenues down. So, is there is there a point, um, depending on how much longer this goes? And quite honestly, if you look at the governor's 
plan, phase four, isn't going to hit until mid-July, and that's where you guys fall into this. I mean, with the amount of people that you bring into the facilities, with the exception of the arena, you're not talking until July before you're able to have any kind of events in, in the convention center or, or the Toyota Center. So right. is, there a, is, is there a marker where, and I hate to say this, but we know there are a number of businesses around here that are closing, that are sure. having difficulty reopening. Is there a line in the sand with the convention center or the building or anything like that to where difficult decisions would have to be made about its operational viability? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that that line moves continuously. We have, we've laid off a lot of staff. We've furloughed a lot of staff. Um, so... We're doing that, you know. We're not we're not running at full capacity because we're not, you know, we don't, we just don't have the event load. So, the good news and the bad news is typically the summer's slower for us. Um, so, you know, you look at the Toyota Center; it goes pretty quiet June, July. Typically, we have a large uh, Jehovah Witness conference in the July time frame. This year, that they have pulled the plug on that one for this year already. So there are things that we're going to be doing to minimize every cost that we can to keep us viable for as long as we can, because uh, you know we we are like everybody else. We are we are feeling it, um, and even if it does open tomorrow, are people going to come back? But uh, but we're looking at it. So as we get into the fall, you know we've got ice going back in in mid August for the Toyota center, but watching what the league does, if things get pushed back or something happens that, you know, we're not able to move through the phases as quickly, um, that we'll be ready to go. Um, the convention center is a little busier through the summer and, uh, just depending on when the startup starts that we could be pretty busy with the convention center in July. Um, we're desperate to try to bring some people in to get our hotels back open and get them busy again and get the restaurants going, but, uh, you know, we've got to do it smart. We've, we've got to make sure that we've got our ducks in a row so that we're able to get people in and be safe and, uh, and be able to have, have people in here and, and not have them leaving, leaving town, you know, scared to death of the way we operated. So that's cool. kind, of our, kind of our goal. Corey Pearson, Executive Director of the Three Rivers Campus. Thanks for joining us this afternoon, Corey. Congratulations and best of luck on the continued drive with Second Harvest and everything that you guys are doing to help them. And certainly we wish you the best of luck in opening your doors sooner than later. Oh, I thank you guys very much. So hang in there, guys. You too, sir. Take care of yourself. And say hi to everybody over in that building for us. 547-1610 is our number. We're going to take a quick time out. Come back with your calls. Wednesday afternoon, it's a beautiful day out, a little windy. Maybe it'll blow the coronavirus west. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610 is the number going right to the phones now. Thank you for your patience. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Eddie in Oregon. What's on your mind, Eddie? Quite a bit. Actually, I, I hope Corey is still listening. You know, it just it, it, um, I've done a lot of research on this, and I hope that uh, you would look up. Uh, you remember John Rappaport, the former CBS reporter? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, he can be reached at nomorefakenews.com. The reason I bring him up, he is challenging full-on Anthony Fauci, Burks, and all the people. Uh, I really appreciate Donald Trump defunding the World Health Organization, because this is one of the things this comes from. And, uh, but what people need to know is that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funds the HWO to the tune of 11%. And so I really wish they would check out John Rappaport. I don't know if you could get him on the show. He's fairly busy in his old age, but he's done research of epidemics for 40 years. You couple that, gentlemen. Uh, you couple that with the book that is out now, Plague of Corruption, by Dr. Mikowitz. She's uh, Dr. Judy Mikowitz. She was in the AIDS research program, the top epidemiologist, the top. And she is doing a tell-all about Fauci stealing her work. This, this book is available in bookstores everywhere. It is time we call these frauds out. They are. And Dr. Jensen over in Minneapolis, he's the one that put out the information that Medicare is, uh, uh, is uh, fraudulently paying $39,000 to hospitals for uh, writing them up on a COVID uh, uh, respirator. $13,000 if they just write COVID on the examination form. So you add that to the Bakersfield doctors. There is a growing movement to expose these frauds, all connected to Bill and Linda Gates. And John Rappaport is 81 years old, and he's been doing this all his life. Like I said, you can check his stuff out. So to Corey, I say, no, they're not going to give you your freedom back. They're not going to fill out, uh, out the stadium anymore. And they're lying about the danger of this disease. Yes, there's something out there. They're not denying that. These are doctors, Dr. Jensen, Dr. Erickson in Bakersfield there. But there is a fraud being perpetrated on our country. That's what I wanted to say, and I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Eddie. We appreciate it and appreciate what you shared with us this afternoon. I'm familiar with uh, Dr. Bikovitz and the situation going on there, the book coming out. Mm -hmm. And it was a very interesting 25-minute interview. Yeah. Very interesting 25-minute interview. I've I've watched it already, and... uh... I, yeah, you know, you know me, I, I dive into things a little bit offbeat, if you want to call them conspiracy theories, what have you, but I like to dig, I, I like to ask questions, I, I, I like to ask the question, why, why are things the way they are, why, or, you know, how did this happen, and yeah, so he's, uh, appreciate the call, Look. and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, um, a little bit later on. before uh, Bill doesn't like to talk too much about Africa these days. No, he doesn't. He doesn't like no. to talk about his work in Africa much, no. much these days. No, he, he doesn't. And, and, you know, Eddie is correct. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, a, a big funder uh, for the World Health Organization and, uh, and, and other ventures. But before we end up, got to read an email from uh, Todd in Walla Walla. Todd writes... Rob, great show yesterday. There truly is a difference between a politician and a leader. A leader makes tough decisions. A politician makes decisions based on what he thinks his constituents want to hear. With that said, you are a leader whom I really hope runs for governor. Talking to Rob. Please pass this email along to Ed as I ask him to read it on the air in its entirety. And Todd... I just did. So your first endorsement for uh, governor of the state of Washington, Rob Francis, uh, just when you when you do win and start 
When, when you do move into the governor's mansion, just remember us peons that helped yeah. you get there. You know, and if there's a spot in the cabinet, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs>